Jesus came and he stood among us. I never imagined that the presence of our teacher could evoke such trembling and such fear, such sorrow and such isolation. But as Jesus came and stood among us for what seemed like an eternity, I could not bear to imagine what his first words for me would be. And I shuddered at the manner in which he would raise his hands against me. And I was in absolute terror of the moment when my eyes would meet his. But I wasn't alone. The others were frozen by an identical fear. Even if we couldn't have moved, even if we could have moved, we wouldn't have. And we prayed to God that Jesus would not scatter us from the safety of our refuge out into the world. We truly had nowhere to run. See, a story was circulating that it was some of us, some of the disciples who had stolen the body of Jesus, that we had gone to the tomb in the middle of the night and taken his body while the guards were asleep. We knew it was the chief priests and the elders who were circulating and spreading this rumor. And after seeing the manner in which they had orchestrated the arrest of Jesus and how they had rushed him through that mockery of a trial, we were well aware of the danger that we ourselves were in. If they so desired, they could easily repeat the process, eliminating whatever threat they may have seen in us. Threat, yeah, that's exactly what we were. Now, now we can laugh about it a little more, how ridiculous their myth about the missing body truly was. But that night, there was no laughter. That night, there were no brave disciples slipping out under the cover of darkness to retrieve the body of our Lord. No, that night, there was only a cluster of fear-filled and troubled hearts cowering behind locked doors. And it wasn't just the Jewish leaders who had pushed us into our corner. We also had watched as the hearts of the crowd had changed from welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem with medleys of praise to hurling their bloodthirsty and condemning shouts of crucify him. It was evident that the world wanted very little to do with us, which was fine, because we wanted nothing to do with the world. Most of us had already given up everything, our homes, our families, our possessions, and our careers, everything in order to follow Jesus. And now, after he had been arrested and then killed, it seemed like all we had left was one another. But what was even that worth now? See, those last couple days had emptied us of all self-confidence, of all confidence in one another. I, I didn't know if I could be trusted to stand up for any of the other disciples, and I had no clue if the other disciples would stand up for me if the need arose. And so as we were confronted with the fear and the bewilderment of Jesus' appearance, we did not look to one another for answers or for comfort. Instead, our eyes were glued to the ground, avoiding all eye contact with one another at all cost. 
in our hands, our hands visibly demonstrated the anxiety that was running through our bodies and they were poised to point the blame to someone else, to anyone else. But we didn't. We didn't speak any words of blame, nor did we speak of our shame because our mouths were clamped shut, preventing our shouts, our emotional outbursts from becoming audible and trapping inside of us our grief and our laments over what had happened to Jesus, his betrayal and his arrest, the mocking and the beating, the death on the cross, and then the stone rolled up against the tomb. Trapping within us our own shameful behavior, our falling away and our desertion of the Lord. Eyes emptied of trust and hands emptied of courage and mouths emptied of hope. Locked in our tomb of fear, we were lifeless, as good as dead, as Jesus came and stood in our midst. We waited to see what he would do. We waited, not knowing if his anger or his wrath would burn against us. We waited, not knowing if he was, would condemn us for our unfaithfulness. How would we be judged? We waited, unable to face the hatred of the world and unable to face the truth about ourselves. We waited, unable to face one another, unable to face even God. We waited, in a silence, a silence that seemed to last an eternity until Jesus shattered that silence and entered into my eternity by opening his mouth. Shalom, Elohim. Arene, who men, peace be with you. It's almost absurd when you think about it. Jesus, who had been crucified and killed, dead and buried, and now somehow was mysteriously standing before us, very much alive, even though the doors were locked. And he says, hello. (laughs) But his words for us that day were so much more than just a simple everyday greeting that you would utter in passing on the street. His words created my reality. His words ended the battles that were raging within me. His words of peace ended the doubt I had about how God felt about me. My sin was forgiven, removed from the eyesight of God, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus spoke his words of peace, he lifted my downcast eyes from the floor and I noticed that his hands were raised, but his hands were not raised in anger, but in victory. Victory because the grave could not hold on to him. Victory because death had no power over him. Victory because the prince of death, the prince of evil, the devil could not defeat, he could not beat my Prince of Peace. And his victory was my victory. And so I knew that even though the hatred of the world was just as real and just as dangerous, I need not fear what was on the other side of those locked doors. As I looked at Jesus raising his outstretched hands, I could not help but be captured by his eyes, his eyes which gathered all of us disciples in his gaze, 
His eyes, which demonstrated an unparalleled love and compassion, grace and mercy. His eyes, which demonstrated for me the cost God was willing to go to to redeem me. The eyes that revealed God's very heart for me. His mouth, speaking peace into my life. His hands celebrating the victory over my enemies. His eyes showing me God's love and God's grace. And then his mouth. His mouth breathing into me the Holy Spirit to give me a clean heart, a new heart. His eyes, his hands, his mouth. Finding me behind locked doors. And then going with me back out into the world with a new heart, with his heart, with God's heart. Those who know the victory and the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ, you, God, sends out into the world with a new heart. And as you go out into the world, God gives you a new heart that changes how your eyes see so that you look upon the lost world with compassion. So that you use your eyes not to turn away from the problems and needs of others, but rather to look towards how you can serve them. Your eyes which speak God's grace and mercy and peace into people's lives instead of the judgment that the world so often speaks to them. As you go into the world, God gives you a new heart. A new heart that changes how you reach out your hands. So you use your hands to pour the baptismal waters. So you use your hands to bring comfort as you hold the hands of the sick and the dying during a moment of prayer. So you use your hands to mark foreheads of children with the sign of the cross as their parents come to the altar to receive the body and the blood, reminding even those little children of God's promises for them. As you go out into the world, God gives you a new heart, a new heart that changes how your mouths speak. So you're able to boldly profess your faith. So you're able to humbly confess your sin. Your mouths that as you go out into the world, edify your brothers and sisters and speak a word of truth, even when it's difficult, even when it's unpopular. Eyes, hands, Mouths and new hearts made alive by the Holy Spirit and sent out into the world, the body of Christ in motion. And as you go, Jesus Christ indeed goes with you every step of the way, speaking his peace into your life, raising before you his hands in a triumphant gesture of victory and always keeping you in the gaze of our loving and grace-filled God. Jesus always going with you, speaking his peace into your life. His eyes, his hands, his mouth. So receive even this morning the blessing, the benediction, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord look upon us with his favor and give us his peace. Amen. Go in his peace and with his heart and serve the Lord.